You are tuned in with Reverend and Goodwill Ambassador Art Wilson. We started laying hands on people and the Spirit of God flooded into that place and God did incredible things. Each week, you are invited behind the scenes to be a part of exclusive and unique topics about world news, biblical finds, and religious events. Here's your host, Art Wilson. Hello, everyone. You're tuned in with Wafunith Goodwill Ambassador, Reverend Art Wilson. And I'm so excited to have you on the call today. We're also tuning in with a Zoom program. So we're gonna be doing two things at once today. The reason why is because we have a very exciting and exclusive meeting today. We have a crew with us. I have with us today, Draylen Young, Blake Soto, and James Wilson. These are some of the next generation's most gifted worship leaders. They are visionaries. They are doing incredible things for the kingdom. And I just want to talk to the next generation today. So welcome to our Zoom and podcast combined. Let's see if we can get the fellas on the line today. Fellas, how y'all doing? Hey, Pastor Art. Hey, doing great. We are so glad to have you on Reverend Art Wilson's podcast. And also we're connecting by Zoom. I think we're going to cover some stuff today that is extremely important and current to what's going on in our world. I feel like it's so powerful that we're able to have church by internet when everything else has been basically shut down. So God has made a way. So I think we need to seize this opportunity. So fellas, thank you for being on the line today. Thank you. For I want to connect with you. I thank tell you, you for what, having me. Before we start having some serious church, I want to just give you guys a chance to say hello to us, all right? So let's start with Draylen. Man, tell us who you are yes, and what's happening. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Draylen Young. Uh, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. and uh, But now, just recently, probably about five years ago, graduating Indiana Bible College. And uh, me and my wife now serve as the worship pastors here in Sterling Heights, Michigan not too far away from Pastor Art. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, it's in probably the metro, metro Detroit area, like, you know, northern Detroit. And uh, just honored to, you know, serve here and be a part of what uh, God is doing here in the Detroit metro area. So, uh, yeah. Blake, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, sir. My name is Blake Soto, and uh, I'm originally from Appleton, Wisconsin. I served there uh, under my dad, Pastor Aaron Soto. And then I, something drastic happened in my life. I got married August 3rd of 2018 to my beautiful wife. <laughs> and I, I moved from Wisconsin here to Michigan. I live in Farmington Hills here. And we now serve at her father's church, Pastor Marvin Arnold. Um, we serve in music ministry, youth ministry. And um, we, we love it here. We've been um, loving what the Lord has been doing. And... That was one of the biggest transitions in my whole life, actually, was um, leaving kind of a, a safe place there in Wisconsin and uh, kind of a, it felt like a safety bubble in Appleton there and uh, out here where I was, I've been forced in, uh, in a lot of different ways to grow. You know, I've been seeing that I'm stretched in different areas of ministry being here and um, I'm loving that and I'm thankful for the opportunity to, to serve in the kingdom. Well, awesome, awesome, awesome. James, tell us a little bit. Yeah, so I'm James Wilson. I grew up in uh, South Mississippi, uh, Pascagoula. If you've ever heard the song by Ray Stevens about the squirrel that went berserk, that is Pascagoula. <laughs> and it is a real place. So uh, I grew up in Pascagoula and uh, served there as the, um, as the assistant to the pastor before moving to Maryland, uh, where I served as both a worship pastor and assistant to the pastor for about uh, six and a half years, and just recently uh, started evangelizing full time in January. So, wow, that's incredible! So, you guys are all doing incredible things for the kingdom. That's why I have you on the call. When I was praying and trying to find the mind of God for what to do with the next generation, I kept hearing, "We need to connect with the worship leaders. We need to connect with worship leaders that are doing something for the kingdom right now." You guys are in the middle of it all. And I want to commend you. And I want to pick your brain. I want you to talk to the next generation. I want you to think about them when we're talking. 
because there's so many things we've got to capture. I believe that this is the platform for the next generation. My generation is struggling. We're, we're making it happen, but we're struggling under this pandemic. And we're going to talk about that a little bit too, but under this quarantine and this pandemic and all this isolation, we've been forced to rely on technology like never before. And it's not our, we can make it happen, but it's not our strong suit. But your generation flows with this. You literally have the opportunity right now to lead. And I want you to talk to us. Now, one of the things when we talk about leading, there's a number of aspects we can cover. But music is of the utmost importance in this hour. Let me tell you why I said that. I want to give you guys the floor. Some years ago, I believe it might have been um, General Conference when it first hit me. I was in the audience, and there was incredible preaching going on and worship. But when we got to the worship music, the preaching was original. Nobody can preach like our preachers. The preaching was original and cutting edge. But when we got to music, most of it was borrowed. Mm. Yeah. Most of it was something we borrowed from other groups. I, have, I don't have anything against it. I believe in it. If it's truth, sing it, okay? But most of it was borrowed. And something in my heart said, the artists need to arrive, arise among us. The artists and those that are musicians and the psalmist, they need to arise and they need to start leading because when you guys sing your stuff, it's a different anointing. And I want you to talk to me a little bit about that. Are we, is it time for us to take the floor in the music stage? I, I personally, I think, um, I'm very, I'll say that I'm very new on this, on this type of scene, you know, in terms of writing music and, and, and believing, uh, believing in the stuff that God has given to me. Um, honestly, I, and I don't want to put him on the spot, but, uh, I had a conversation, me and James, you know, we talked quite a bit about stuff like this and he said something that was so powerful that, you know, I would love for you to share that again, James, is, you know, he's, he told, he was telling, I was telling him about music that I was writing. And, you know, as an artist and as a writer, you, you never feel, uh, a lot of times you can, you can either feel, you know, too confident or not confident enough into what you're doing to the point where you'll actually want to do something about it. And I was talking to him about that and he had, he had just begun to encourage me and he was saying, you know, you know, James, he, I want you to, can you please explain, you know, you said, you said something around the lines of like, music is so powerful and we have the ability to leave something here. And like when we're gone, the music can still be here and it's still words and heart and the, you know, the spirit behind things can still be here when we leave. And it's so important for us to, to write and to put stuff out. Um, dude, I yeah. want you to say that if you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what I was telling Dre in that particular instance is um, music is one of the few things that we can leave behind when we die. Uh, if you write books, books, books are left behind when you die, right? Your impact is still being felt even when you die. When you preach sermons, uh, many now that we have tapes and, and recordings and all those things, that impact is still going to be there. We can listen to JT Pugh, you know, JT Pugh's messages, and he's been gone for a bit now. He's still making an impact. But an area, as you mentioned, Brother Wilson, that we haven't tapped into in our movement, at least in recent memory, is music. And so I was telling Draylon, uh, if there's one thing that I want to invest in uh, to, to leave a mark, it, it is music. And it's so important, I think, with apostolic music, because you hit the nail on the head, Brother Wilson. We don't have a lot of original apostolic music. And we are so capable uh, of, of doing, doing this. And what I yeah. found is that, you know, there are two or three reasons why people don't. Number one, they don't feel like they can. They don't feel like they're good enough. That's what I found. Number two, it's a lot of work. And uh, people don't want to put in the work to put out original music. You know, and those those are the two main reasons. But I want to encourage anyone that's listening to this podcast today that uh, feels feels like God is giving you an ability to write music and to do that type of thing. God can really use you. And 
uh, yes. you know, gifts, gifts like this have to be home. Draylon didn't start writing songs like he's writing, uh, you know, yesterday. He's been doing it for a few years. Uh, you know, we're young guys, but, but we, we've been doing it for a little while. And, you know, I'm sure that, um, you know, Blake didn't start, you know, in ministry, music ministry, leading worship, writing songs, all those things. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a process. So um, I want to encourage yeah. people to step out there and start doing it because we really need it. And I'm trying to hurry because there's so much I could say with just that right there. But I want to yeah. open the floor for Blake to kind of add to it because I could talk for literally an hour about that. It's incredible. I, I do, I do want to mention, you know, he's, he spoke to something and it, and it triggered something that, um, that somebody said to me is, uh, you know, for a long time. And this goes beyond music. It goes into worship, which I believe worship uh, has nothing to do with music. It's the hundred percent of what, you know, your heart and, and your relationship with God and, and what is, what he's worth to you and mute. And we use music to do that, you know, but um, somebody said something to me one time, speaking of, you know, just being a Christian, just being a, a believer is you have to believe that that what God put in you and what he what he's done for you, the gift and in, and, in, and in so speaking of the Holy Ghost, the gift that God has put inside of you is worth replicating. Like you have to believe that you have to believe that whatever it is that God has given you is not for you. It's for somebody else. And, and if I think if that would switch, and I, and I know that's a thing that's switched in my mind uh, with this, is, man, like, it would be so selfish of me to have this thing that God has given me, and I just think it's for me, you know? Um, I know that was a paradigm shift for me, you know, when, you know, and like, I've had tons of, you know, uh, song ideas and things that I, that I would record. And then, and then like, I wouldn't do anything with it. And I can, and I know James and, you know, Blake, this has probably happened a million times is, you know, God will be giving you a song or a thought or a sermon or anything that's original and, and you don't do anything with it. And then, you know, wait two, three weeks and you can find it on the radio or somebody just released a song or a, or a sermon and you're like, man, I just had that exact thing, you know, that God had spoke to me. And it's just like that has happened so many times to the point where I feel the Lord say, well, listen, I'm trying to get something out. And if and if you're not going to do it, then I just have I have to give it to somebody else, you know. And so um, I just man, that that's a big thing is just believing that you're worth replicating what God has put in you when you realize it's not you, it's for him, you know, so. Wow, wow. Wow, go ahead, Blake. Yeah, well, you know, I'm coming at this from a, a little bit different perspective um, than James and, and Draylon, but, um, you know, I come from uh, worshiping and, and leading in music on a Sunday morning. I'm not, um, you know, working on an album or, or writing music actively, but I know that if we want apostolic music to um, take over that all of us play a part in that and and I know that me if I'm not going to be the one writing the music I'm going to support apostolic music if that means yeah. giving and I know Draylon's working on a project right now um, I'm looking forward to supporting that I'm going to be there in person I'm going to be the one you know adding these songs to my prayer time playlist adding it to my Sunday morning set list and I think that wow. all of us um, especially those from our generation um, that it's on us. We want to see this explode, that we need to pick up the banner that uh, James and, and Draylon are carrying and, and get behind them and push them forward um, with everything that we can, whether that be financially or with our support um, and, and promoting it. So um, I think that we can do that as a whole and as a, as a young people. That's wow. Awesome, bro. Wow. You know what, fellas? Love it. You, you're bringing something out. Let's go with it. The anointing. Um, I have seen, and I, I want y'all to give me some insight. I have seen folks sing. I have, I have, I have witnessed singing, and it is eloquent. It has power. It has emotion. They practiced. They didn't miss a note. Everything was on target. 
but the anointing. Mm. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to take us on a negative di direction because I want to head to this part, but then somebody didn't even know half the lyrics and the yeah. church is over service is over <laughs> the anointing. Yeah. I, I tell me now you all have the energy code of music in you, your music and worship leaders. And I have witnessed and seen the anointing on your lives. Is there something you can tell us about this anointing? I'll, I can kind of start it off. I think what is unique about apostolic music is, um, is the fact that we believe that we're worshiping not only in spirit, but in truth. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that that's what God is, is looking for. He's looking for someone that not only worships him in spirit, and there are a lot of people that have the spirit, uh, you know, you can go to, I've been to many concerts of people that are not apostolic and I felt something, I felt the spirit, but that element of truth, whenever that truth is there, there there's an added anointing that comes. And so that's really what I, I can uh, ascribe what you feel when you're listening to an apostolic musician and worship leader sing or lead you're not just feeling spirit but you're feeling truth coupled with that when truth and spirit are in the room Man. god is like okay this this is what i i'm longing for we know that god inhabits you know praise when praise is there god's presence is going to be there but i believe there's an added blessing that comes whenever god god sees not only are these people worshiping me with with their uh, with with their words, but they're worshiping me with their lives. They they have truth. Yeah. They're, they're, the women are holy. They're living holy lives. And not to say that we're better than anybody else. We're all uh, we're all sinners that have been saved, and 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 uh, we've all uh, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But uh, there's something about obedience. And when you're obedient to the yeah. Word of God, God honors it, but not because you're special, but because you've been obedient. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I I think that's that's what makes apostolic music so special and unique. Not that Say we're better. Something. We've just been obedient. Say something about this. Jesus said, the hour cometh and now is where the true worship shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Mm. Is that where you're taking us? Yes. The hour yes, is now for us to worship in spirit and in truth? Yes, sir. Wow. For the Father yes, seeketh such. Yes. yes. You're on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I want to echo that and say, you know, there are there, you know, I think my pastor, Pastor Hoffman, he has his great, he's his great uh, sayings that he has that he says a lot. And one of those sayings is God honors faith wherever he finds it. Um, you know, if you walk into a room and there's somebody that may not really understand everything you know, what an apostolic or anybody that's been in church for a long time understands, you know, but they believe in God and they say, God, I don't know. Like, and I think a lot of us have heard this before, you know, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know anything, but, but, but if you can do anything or show me exactly how this works, you know, please, you know, and that is, that, that's normally like the first step of faith that people take, you know, um, and, and, and God will honor it, you know, and he'll show up and he'll say, hey, you know, he'll, he'll answer whatever the prayer was and it sparks something in you. And then it and then it grow, grows from there. And and but it's like, man, when 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 you. When you worship God the way that he asked to be worshipped, like he he said, now is when when the true worshipers are going to rise and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth for the father seeks us to worship to, to worship him like he, that's not a suggestion you know what i mean like like he said this is if you're going to worship me do it this way and and i echo those words you know that J, that is exactly why it's different because i will go out on the limb to say there's a lot of people that you know i, I mean i want to be respectful but there's a lot of people that are apostolic that <laughs> I, don't, I don't know you know and i don't know what their life is like you know what i mean i don't know you know i don't know if if they're going to heaven you know what i mean just because you're a part of the upci you know what i mean that's not i don't have that key but like 
you can't deny the truth. Like if there's a truth that's going forward, you know, it's like, man, like, and God can't, he can't overlook truth. He can't, like he won't. And I just think that, you know, now is the time, just exactly what that scripture says. Now is the time where you'll see where the true worshipers are going to rise and they're going to worship me in spirit and in truth. And, and that's the difference. I agree a hundred percent, hundred percent. Wow. Sorry, you're getting us going, bro. <laughs> I love it. That's that so good, man. That's absolutely powerful. You know, when we're talking about this and the anointing in music, it's making the difference. It's just a matter of time before the world takes notice. Yeah. Now, I want y'all to talk to me because I've been down this road myself as a Goodwill Ambassador, Wafunif, Goodwill Ambassador, there's been, when the world takes notice, they come in and they try and, um, they try and use your gift. So there's, mm -hmm. I guess there needs to be a balance, but among musicians, even more so, when you're anointed and when God is mightily using you, we've noticed that there's come a time where you have to make a decision. Yeah. Um, are you going to stay with this role or do you broaden to the point where some have even left us and before you know it, they don't even resemble us. Yeah. What is going on? Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think I'll go ahead, James. Go ahead, Draylon. Go ahead. No, nah, bro, you know, you know, I want to hear what you gotta say. <laughs> well, I I think, man, um th there's so much I I can say on this topic. I believe that music is one of the most powerful, if, need, if not the most powerful entity to get your agenda message across. Uh, I think Hollywood and, and movies has, has definite, is definitely on the same level, but um, you, know, you can take music with you everywhere. Uh, you know, when, when you're walking around, you can be listening to music Usually, if you're watching a movie, you got to be focused on that. But music, literally, it, it can be your soundtrack for life. I mean, you can have music with you. So literally, your message can be indoctrinating people 24-7. There's Music is always there and available. You know, when you're walking in the store, you're hearing music. When, when, you're, when you're, you know, uh, on a train, you're listening to music. When you're on the subway, you're listening. I mean, it's all the time. And so I believe music is the enemy's number one weapon to try to indoctrinate the world. And so if we believe that to be true, then we've got to believe that the devil is after the best of the best to try to, in, to indoctrinate people with, uh, which is why musicians and singers, the most talented that we have are always always going to be top on the enemy's list to try to take out because the devil knows yeah. if he can get those musicians and those singers, then he's taken, he's taken the most powerful thing that we can also use to influence people. Yeah. And now he's, he's manipulated that thing and he's brought that thing over to his side. And so I think as musicians, singers, worship leaders, we have to be so very careful that we, yeah. um, we protect ourselves and guard ourselves. And again, I could go on for a million years about this, about this topic, but you know, musicians and, and, and our singers and our artists, we got we got to protect them and, and musicians, singers, artists, you got to protect yourself, get you a pastor, yeah. get you somebody that you can be accountable to get you somebody that'll ask you the hard, the hard question, because let me tell you something, the more influence that you get, the more, um, 
power that you get, the more uh, prestige that you get, the tougher the enemy is going to fight you. And it is a very spiritual thing. When you, when you sign up to be a worship leader and, and be an artist, and, 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 and let me tell you something that you may not realize, you are engaging. It's kind of like signing up for, for you know, the, the Navy SEALs of things. Yeah. Because you, you are on the front lines, whether you realize it or not, because you're, you're messing with what I believe is the enemy's nuclear weapon. You know, it, it is it is music. And so you got to understand he's he's going to try to recruit you to his side because he knows, man, if I can get a Draylon Young, I, I take out a whole host of people with him and I join them to my side if, if, if I can get someone like that. And so but man, how much more powerful can can we be in the kingdom of God if we remain and allow God to use us for his kingdom? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I think, I think too, like, you know, you, you know, pastor, you asked, you know, what's, what's going on? You know, how is this, how is this happening? How is it happening that some people are, you know, um, not wanting to identify themselves with the lifestyle that we, <coughs> that we, that we put out, you know, and that we, believe in and i'm specifically speaking from the sense of being pentecostal by experience and being apostolic by lifestyle uh i think i think a big piece of it um just from what i've seen is a big a big thing of it is that you know either a people just they truly 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 and i'm learning this now you know being in ministry is like there's just a lot of people that go to church and they just don't know what they really believe. You know, like, like obviously we look at that from a negative sense to a point of like, you should know this, you know, like in a sense, yeah, like if you're going to be in church, like there is an expectation of you, you know, following after God and doing this for real, especially if you're doing ministry, you know, if you're on the pulpit and preaching and, or whatever, you know, I think you should be, you should have healthy expectations of what your relationship with Jesus Christ looks like. And there should be a, a continual goal, you know, that you're trying to reach. But I'm finding that, man, there's been people that have been in church for 30 and 40 years who don't read the Bible, you know, like they don't pray or they don't, they either they they got saved you know or they are you know they've gone through the new birth experience and and um and have kind of just kind of coasted at that point um and i don't mean that disrespectfully to anybody obviously that's not involved in church but i think i think that at some point you know you you don't just i know my my, my parents told me like this they said you know Oh, I'm born again. Now what? Or what? I don't know what to do with my life. And 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 then the response should be, you know, being born again is your life. Like that is like that's it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what we're doing. Everything that we do should be about that. You know, um, and and I I have just seen so many people that have walked away from, you know, our our you know our organization or, uh, you know, the stances on you know, um our dress or whatever, or even beliefs of, of, of the oneness of God and all that sort of stuff, because they just did not have a true deep understanding or, or sought it or asked the, the hard questions because they were afraid of being shunned or not having opportunity or, you know, not uh, appearing to look like you don't know when you should, you know, um, things like that. I've seen that happen so much. And I've seen on the other side that people have walked away because the simple fact of, of, you know, them putting themselves out there and saying that they don't know, or showing, showing, you know, different places as being a young minister or whatever, and not having any covering, you know, not having a man of God that, that can protect us and say, Hey, this is what you're doing. And this is what you need to stop doing. And we need to, and we need to walk through this together as opposed to being shunned or being, you know, so I, I have seen both sides, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, and I think I'll echo the same thing that was said before is 
you got to want this for yourself. You know, you got to, you got to want to be, um, a Christian before you're a musician. You, you have to want to love Jesus Christ before you love any crowd or, or helping others or whatever, you know, it's like, like you really, really need to take some time. You know, I think a good question to ask yourself is, have you had a home Bible study? Has somebody given you a home Bible study? And to the point where you, as me, like Draylon, like, yeah, I'm a worship pastor. I, I do music. I, tr- I travel and I do stuff. But like, has, can I, can I go back to the place where I first believed this, you know, and if I had a true encounter and, and I think if we, anybody, you know, a strong foundation is hard to knock over a building. You know, if you've got a strong foundation, go ahead. But some people are afraid to start their foundation from where they are because they feel that, that they'll be shunned or, you know, lose opportunity, you know? Um, wow. So mm. I know I'm talking long, but we talking about stuff. About no, no, it's good. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're, we're talking. Go ahead and jump in, Blake. We're talking. Yeah, well, I agree completely, you know, um, and I love what James said that we got to protect, you know, our hearts and we got to protect ourselves. And I think that goes back to um, kind of where our passions are. I think that we can have many passions, but we can only have one obsession, right? And music yes. for so many is a passion and passion is going to lead you to your obsession. So what are you allowing um, your passion to be? And where is that pointing you towards? Where is that, where is that positioning you spiritually? Um, good. I really like what Matthew uh, 621 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, what do you treasure and um, what treasures are you allowing to steer your life? Uh, like what James said, you know, it can be the soundtrack to your life. Music can be there everywhere that you go. And where is that pointing your mind? Where is that pointing your heart? Um, you know, I've watched it firsthand. I remember um, in, in middle school going over to a friend's house and um, he, he wanted to show me a, a song that he had found that he really liked. And, uh, as he was playing it, I realized this was not a Christian song and it was, yeah. it really took me aback. I was like, Oh, this is the guy I grew up with. He's in my Sunday school class. We do everything together. And I'm not saying that it was that song that did it, but I'm saying that, um, from that point on, I saw a change in his, in his spiritual walk and the way that he was facing spiritually. And from there I saw a slow um, progression towards um, he's no longer in the church anymore. And, and uh, like you said, it's not everything, but it definitely has an effect on who we are and what we do. Um, so yeah. for anybody listening today, you know, where, where is your treasure at? Where's your passions? Well, what obsession is that leading you towards? Wow. Can I, can I jump piggyback off of what Blake jump said? Right in. That's so good because yeah, when you identify what is most valuable to you, it informs the decisions you make. And I think yes. before you get into ministry, music ministry, uh, and in particular artistry, where you're putting out CDs and, and this thing is taken off and people, people are, you know, offering you this and that, you need to know where your treasure is. And that will inform your decisions. Yeah. Because if your treasure is, hey, fame, money, uh, opportunities, prestige, then the moment someone offers you those things, you're out, you're out. And so you need to settle in your heart right now where your treasure is. And I've settled, and I believe both of these gentlemen that that are on the call have settled where their treasure is. Our treasure is is Jesus. Our treasure is our relationship with God. And so there's nothing that you can offer me that will ever make me give that up. You know, that's not to say that I'm perfect. Yeah. That's not to say that I do everything right. But at the end of the day, the most valuable thing to me is not money. The most valuable thing yeah. to me is not prestige or fame. The most valuable thing to me is 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 my relationship with Jesus Christ. And therefore, yes. Yes. I, I th- there's nothing that you can offer me that can make me give this up. This is what I believe to be true. This is what I found to be true in the word of God. I've experienced the power of the Holy Ghost. I experienced the power of the Holy yeah. Ghost changing my family. You know, when I was, yeah. before I could even remember, my dad was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Didn't really believe that it was real. And God miraculously filled them with his spirit. And yeah. ever since then, it's changed my entire family dynamic. 
This changed my life. I'm nothing without God. I'm nothing without this. So you think that I'm going to let money or fame cause me to walk away from this? You got another thing coming. This is too precious to me. And so I think if people realize uh, and settle in their heart and settle in their spirits where their treasure is, everything else will, it's not even, you know, and in the last year or so, I've had some things come on the table and you think, man, it's a big decision. But when you settled in your heart where you're standing, it's yeah. not a big decision. Yeah. It's not a hard decision. You see it and you're like, no, absolutely not. I already know. This is going to take me away from what I believe. So I'm not going to do it. And so when, when you settle in your heart where, where your treasure is, everything else falls into line. Yes. So good. Wow. So good. Wow. You know, this is powerful. I'm, this is this this you know everybody needs to hear this everybody needs to watch this because we're not you're not hearing from some guys who's in the elder age you're hearing from young people that are ambitious and moving forward with determination and we're talking about the anointing and we're talking about how to apply it and we're talking about music and you kept coming back you guys kept coming back to protection I, I really yeah. felt that you, you, you were talking about a covering. You were talking about a, a mentor. You're talking about a pastor. And every musician, every singer, the enemy, like you said, if you, if you're good, when you get out there and it starts happening, you're going to have a target on your back. The enemy yeah. is yeah. going to want to buy you whatever it takes. He's going to want. And this is anybody that are, that are stepping out to be used of God expect an attack expect there to be temptation expect that to come your way and i am i am 52 my god in heaven i'm 52 (laughs) and and, and i'm telling you guys all the things i've done i've made sure i've had my pastor involved in my life and now i'm 52 that's that's that i'm up there so but my pastor could call me and still has veto power in my life. Yes. Yes. And it's a, and, and if if you ask Bishop Robert Henson, he will tell you he's known me my whole life since I've come in as a as in my late teens, early twenties. Yeah. He'll tell you I was a pain in the neck. But <laughs> but to have a veto power where when as young people you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna have issues happen. Don't stay down. Don't die. Get back up and have your covering give you guidance because your covering will tell you things you don't want to hear. If you have a a leader, a mentor, you need to have a pastor. That's somebody that will tell you what you don't want to hear, and they need to have veto power. Yeah. Yes. They need to have veto power. They need to be able to tell you you're not going to accept that engagement. Yeah. And you need to say – they're giving me six figures. You're not going to accept that engagement. I'm not going to accept the engagement. You're right. going to make some decisions, and somebody needs to be able to catch up. Of course, they may have to keep tabs on you, but that's okay. Here's where we got. King David, I want you all to talk to me about this. King David, the psalmist, he lived his life through Scripture. Scripture has his life mapped out, the good and the bad. Everybody's going to have good and bad. Don't ever think you're going to be perfect. None of us are perfect. He had yeah. the good and the bad laid out in scripture. He was a psalmist of psalmists. 150 chapters telling us how to praise, worship, and sing. He even knew how to sing his way out of hell when in Psalms 51 he said, Lord, cast, not, cast me not away. Why? Because yeah. he had fallen. He knew how to sing. God loved him. God said, I, that boy's after my heart. Yeah. But David had Nathan. He had a prophet that could walk into his court and could pull rank, could pull rank. How, how important is that before we move on? Just give anything, anything in that. It's, it's, it's everything. Um, It's, and I mean, I could get emotional talking about that. Um, Man, it's everything. It's everything. I believe in authority and submission so strong. And I feel an anointing talking about it right now. I feel that God has always orchestrated it that way. When you're born, 
you automatically get a mom and a dad, whether they want to be a part of your life or not. He's he he's always given some some type of authority. There's always been that. And and you've always needed it in some way, whether it's you any place you've gone, at home, you've got parents. At school, you've got teachers. In our nation, you've got police officers. We've got president. We've got all governors. We've got every, every it's all, it's, it's always been that way. And if you look at it in any country or any place that you, that there is, there's always somebody that's in authority and, and it's always been that way. Um, so to me, I look at that and I'm like, man, that's so important. And then I just look back over my life, you know, I don't know where God have mercy. I have no idea where I would be if I didn't have men of God that 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 could help me and show me and tell me, you know, I remember I remember this. This is a very, you know, personal, you know, uh it's kind of funny, but then but it it's so it's so near and dear to my heart. Um I would I I wasn't raised in church. I got into church when I was probably 13 or 14 years old. Uh went to a great church uh, in Dallas, Texas, called uh, North City's United Pentecostal Church, Pastor D.G. Hargrove, incredible people there. Um, I, I still love them so much. Uh, but they had one of the best youth departments ever, you know, and, I, and the only reason I would say that is because we'd have a lot of guest preachers that would come in and, you know, and they would say, man, this youth group is amazing. It's, you know, it's just unbelievable. So, you know, I just kind of give context for the story. We would have a lot of people that would come through and minister to us and preach to us, all that kind of stuff. And there was this one guy, um, I'm not exactly sure where he is, you know, now, but he would come quite often. And uh, the guy was just, I mean, incredible. He would come and preach. He would come and sing. He'd play the organ, play keys. Uh, just he could sing the wall just down, man. I mean, he was just a beast. And and I still remember, you know, him coming. We'd always have our special guest come on Saturday or, or our Friday night youth service, do a Saturday leadership thing, and he would preach on Sunday, and he would sing too. And I was captivated by this guy, man. He was incredible. And I remember I had went to my – when he came, it was like my first time going to a youth service, and it was my first time, like, singing in the youth choir. And uh, they – you know how young people do icebreakers. You know, like, you got to do something to kind of get, you know, people going. And they did a talent show thing. And they were like, hey, if you can sing or if you can do this, whatever. And I went up there completely, like, new – no, like I, I don't know what's church protocol. I don't know what, whatever. So I got up there and I sang this. I'm so embarrassed to say it, but I went up and sang this boys to men song uh, <laughs> called, 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 uh, how do I say goodbye? You know? Uh, and that's just my culture where I grew up. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, they were like, come up and do a song. And that's what I came up and sang. And, uh, <laughs> I feel so weird saying that now, but um, I sang I sang that song and and people everybody and you know how it is, man. I mean, there's at least a hundred people in there, and 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 everybody's looking. They're like, oh my god, like get them get them off, get them off, get them off, you know. And uh, and I still remember having this huge egg on my face, man. I mean, I just felt so bad. I was like, you know, I had no idea. And he, the guy, the guy came up to me and he said, hey, bro, I wanted to let you know, man, um, keep singing. He said, keep, keep going, bro. You sounded awesome, man. You had a great voice. You did a great job. And he said, you know, you're going to continue to, you're going to continue to grow and it's going to get better. And just, you know, just keep listening to your pastor, keep doing it, but keep going. That was my first worship mentor in my life. And, and he gave me his number and he would text me sometimes, call me, I call him and I called him. I remember, I remember giving him a call and saying, Hey man, uh, I don't know if you remember me. I'm 13. I was 13 when you first said that to me. But when I turned 15 was when the youth had, had just announced that they wanted me to be the main worship leader for all of our youth services. And so I called him that day and I said, you know, brother, so-and-so like I'm, I'm, you know, 
I just want to let you know this. And he said, man, that's so amazing. I knew that would happen. He said, man, I can't wait until you're doing it full time at a church one day. And then, you know, and now I look back and I'm like, man, like, even though he played such a small part, it was a hundred percent that and like just that little nudging of some of a man of God that would believe in you and say, you know, keep going, keep listening, keep doing what you're doing, you know? Um, and and I, I, I owe, I owe anything and everything that I'll ever do first, obviously to Jesus Christ, but secondly to the people that pushed me and helped me to get there and that sustained me to be there. And, and that, that list is just too long for me to forget, you know? So, to me, when you start talking about that, it's everything. It's everything. Absolutely everything. Amen. Love it. Powerful. 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 Y'all got something to say on that? You want to move on? You good? I think he said it. He said oh, it. Oh, come man. on, man. Listen, you handled, you handled it. That's, that's exactly <laughs> where... Where every young person needs to be, right there. Where there—that's it. You know. Um, you know what I want to do? I want—I want you guys to give us some guidance. Um, you've touched on it a little bit throughout the conversation, and we let's let's tackle it. Elephant in the room. You're a young person, and that's anybody forty and under. You're a young person, and you're struggling struggling okay struggling i believe it's a twilight going on where there's a, a little bit of the world a little bit of the church going on i've been feeling that and um it's affecting us and our next generation needs to they need this fire and they need it to be real fire and i think one of the things that we should talk about is worldliness um getting into and y'all tell me when, how we need to be careful but you know secular music like you mentioned um how much is too much does it affect you does it i mean because we got kids they're 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 bumping everything is that the right <laughs> word i'm trying to i'm trying to talk i'm trying to <laughs> oh, you're good. doing good bishop you're doing good scratch that from the tape they're listening to everything <laughs> so um i mean what how much is too much mm. like you want to go come on bishop. yeah come on bishop blake well, uh, I'll say, you know, I love I love so many different kinds of music. I love to go to the DIA with my family and we'll go and listen to some jazz music and um, and some piano. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to what I said earlier in that, you know, what are we going to allow our passions to be and where where are we going to allow the, those things to steer us? And um, I think that music plays a deep role in that we all know that when you, we take a bite of you know grandma's apple pie it takes you back to a moment and when you when you smell a certain smell it takes you back to a moment i think the same effect uh the same thing happens to me at least when i hear music and it can bring back me back to a moment and whether that be a good moment or a bad one um when i hear oh the blood of jesus being sang i go right back to standing in my home church with the elements in my hand and um that's the that's the thing that I want my day to be driven by. And so I think it is important what we listen to. Um, I don't want to step on any toes, but I think I want to say that it is important and, and uh, be cognizant of what you're allowing to, um, to have that direct line to your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree, Blake. And um, I think, um, you know, the big thing for me is this, um, the Bible, the Bible lets us know in Philippians four and eight, that yeah. whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever mm. things are honest, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, uh, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. 
Yes. And so the question I always ask people is when you're listening to something, does it, does it fall in, in one of these categories? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't fall in one of those categories, you should not be listening to it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and here's the thing. I, I, I don't think you should just even be asking this question about secular music. You need to be asking this question about Christian music mm-hmm. because there, there's a Christian artist that I was listening to the other day uh, that, that she started playing some music and, and something in my spirit didn't quite jive with what she was saying. And, uh, I began to, and I was talking to someone about this the other day too. Uh, I have, I have no problem. Let me just say this. I have no problem with rap music. I actually love rap music, but what I do have a problem with sometimes with Christian rappers is when they start taking their cues from secular rappers and feel like it's yeah. okay to just boast about yourself for five minutes straight. Mm. That, to me, that's where I draw the line because, hey, man, like, that's, that's not, to me, that's not pure. That's not lovely, you know, to, yeah. to get on there and brag about how, how incredible you are for five minutes. And so I think you need to be careful with, with, with whatever you listen to. I don't care what title they slap on it, Christian, secular, if it's not, if it's not, uh, you know, of a good report, if it's not pure, if it's not lovely, then you don't need to be listening to those things. And I'll, and I'll yeah. kind of pass, pass it off to Draylon on, on this final note. Um, the, the Bible, let, you know, talks so much about, you know, there, there being um, a difference, uh, you know, or, or rather carnality and spirituality. The Bible lets us know that we need to lay aside not only the sin, but also the weight that does so easily beset us. And what I feel like sometimes secular music is, because I don't believe that all secular music is bad. I don't believe that all secular music is going to send you to hell. And and no matter how many people try to act like they don't ever listen to secular music and and believe that to be true, uh, have you been to a wedding lately? You, you're not singing yeah. Jesus, I'll never forget at a wedding. So, so pastor <laughs> out there, let's, let's not act like you don't know at least one or two songs. But, but this is what I'll say. <laughs> this is what I'll say in response to that, okay? Is however much spirituality or however much carnality you have, you have that much less spirituality. Hmm. And this is the way I yeah. look at it. If we, we, we all have 100% of everything, right? 100% time, 100% of our heart, 100% of our emotions, 100% of our mind, 100% of our spirit. And whatever you give to the, to the world, whatever you give to, 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 uh, uh, to secularism, you have that much less of the spirit of God. And so my question to you is how much of God do you want? How much of God's spirit do you want? Do you, do you, do you want, to have a, a surface relationship with God, or do you want to experience the deep things of God? And if you're if the answer to yeah. that question is I want to experience the deep things of God, then to you I would probably say you don't need to be filling your head with with carnality. And just because something is carnal doesn't mean that it's bad. Bad and carnal aren't the same things. You can have something that's not bad, but it be carnal. But carnality no works against things of the spirit. And so if you want to go to a depth in the things of God, then you need to position yourself in a place to where you can experience those things in God. And um, I guess that would be my question is if you want to experience the deep things of God, they're going to be things God is going to ask you not to do. You you can't be filling your head with love songs. 24 yeah. seven, if you want to experience the things of God, you can't be filling your head with things that are. And for me personally, I've decided I want the deep things of God. I want to yeah. experience you, God. I want to know you. I don't want to know you just on the surface level, but I, I want to know, I want to know your heart, Lord. I want to experience the power and the spirit of God. I, I want as much of you as I can possibly get. Therefore, yes. I'm not going to be filling my head with carnality. I'm, I'm, I'm going to not only lay aside the sin, but I'm also going to lay aside the weight that does so easily yeah. beset me because I want everything you have for me, God. I want everything. So that, that's how I 
you know, feel about secular music. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Go ahead, Draylon. I mean, they said it, man. I mean, that, that, that is, that is a hundred percent, you know, and I, and I, I love how this, this question and this conversation has even morphed to, to, to really what it's really all about. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm reminded of, you know, uh, my IBC times, you know, I graduated from IBC and, you know, being there, you obviously get to hear great preaching from, from pastor Paul Mooney. And, uh, one of the, one of the things I'll, I'll never forget him saying was, you know, the, the Bible, the Bible speaks very deeply about, um, pride, you know, like there's so much, there's so much, um, there's so many times in the Bible where God, or even Jesus, you know, as a God, as he walked on the earth, just talked about how much that he didn't like pride. And, and, you know, you know, this, the, the, the abominations unto the Lord, you know what I mean? Like the first one was a proud look, the very first one, or, you know, and, and, and Bible says, God, God resisted the proud, which means he resisted it. He resisted it. And he's going to continue to resist it. Like it's a, it's never going to be a thing that he's ever going to be about, but he gives grace to the humble. And, 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 pa and pastor Mooney would say, you know, I really believe the reason that God hates pride where he mentions it so much is because it's the one thing that you could be, you can be prideful and, and nobody in the entire world will know it. Like you have the ability to suppress the, like this prideful thought or this prideful mindset that you have. And the only, the only person that will know that you're prideful is you and God. Like, that's it. And most of the time, you may not even know it. Like, but God's going to know it, you know. I I really, like, that thing right there, and I, I don't know, you know, I, I mean, I feel, I felt led to share that. I don't know whoever's listening or watching. Um, you know what's in there. Like, you know what's in your heart. You know that stuff. And most most importantly, God knows it. So, and just echoing the words of what, you know, James and Blake have said, like, what we're really need to, needing to be asking is like, what is, you know, it's not necessarily what is too much or what, like, no, like, what do you love? Like, what, like, what, what is, what are you about? You know what I mean? Like, I should be able to tell what you're about. Like, when I hang around James... When I hang around James, like we, we were right now, you know, me and me and him are, are co-producing uh, my live record, you know, and it's such a such an honor to be able to, you know, work with my brother um, to do this, you know, and and we're sitting there, you know, I'm at my friend's house, we're FaceTiming and we start writing, you know, writing a song and we're, you know, laughing about stuff, we're thinking about stuff, we're, you know, and and out of nowhere, like you know, James is like, bro, I feel like we need to start writing about this, you know, and he starts talking about this thing and we start messing with this chord progression or whatever. And, and I just automatically like felt like this is who James is. You know what I mean? Like, this is what he's thinking about all the time is how can we, how can we lift up the name of God? Like, how can we praise him better where are words that we can put together melodies that we can put together prayer time that we've had the first place we go is this is is scripture you know or our first place of retreat is a place of prayer or a, you know and i just i and to be honest if if you if one of your retreats is you listening to something that's not edifying or glorifying the name of jesus then I really think that you really need to think about that. And I really think that you need to consider, you know, um, God being everything to you, you know, to the point where it's like, you know, and I'm not, I'm not being mad, you know, about, you know, listening to music with your wife or listen, whatever, you know, but I mean, personally, you know, me and my wife, we listen to worship music pretty much all the time, you know, 
but it like I guess what I'm really trying to say is it's a heart thing. It really, really, really is a heart thing. And 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 you the thing is you know like you like we like we get past this thing and like like you just know you just have to answer the question and and answer it honestly and say you know do i want god a hundred percent hello did he freeze yeah i think we lost him i'll um I I'll I'll just kind of piggyback off of what he said there and and you know and what I mean. Like, just Draylon, we lost you for a little bit, bro. Can you hear me? You're back. Yep. You hear me? Okay. That's that's basically what I'm saying. Like, like I'm no, I'm no. Some people are still looking for their source, you know. And even at the church, you know, sometimes like people. You know, I've even had to counsel somebody on our worship team, you know, like this person was, they they were like so glued to the fact of just coming to church. You know what I mean? Like just being a part of the church. And when, like now that we're not having church, like it's bothering this person to the point where they're like, man, I don't know how to function. You know, like I'm just like, but I'm like, bro, like, like this is, this is not like church is not my life. Jesus Christ is my life. You know, so even even in the church, there are things preaching music, you know, plant like like it still boils down to the to the to the one degree of like, what is that thing? Like, what is that? And if it's not Jesus, if it's not God, if it's not man, if something's wrong, I'm going to pray like there's something off, you know, and I'm not willing I'm not willing to do anything, you know, that that's not pointing to Jesus, you know. Um, yeah. I'll I wanna say this and then I'll I'll pass it back to Blake or Brother Wilson or whoever wants to kind of take it. But I think so many times we ask the wrong questions. And uh, this is not this is not something that's been original with me. I've just had a conversation with a close friend of mine, actually someone that Draylen grew up with, Justin Michael, close friend of mine. And uh, Justin was we were having a conversation and Justin Justin was saying, he said, you know, so many times we ask the wrong questions. We ask, can I do this and, and get away with it? Well, that yeah. shouldn't be the question that you should be. The question you should be asking is how close do you want to be to God? Not yeah. can I do this and get it? Is secular music okay? To anyone that asks me that, my, my next, like, I, I, like I, I don't even want to answer that. My next question to them is, okay, before we have that conversation, my next question to you is, <laughs> Do you want yeah. to be close to Jesus? Yeah. Because if you want to be close to Jesus, guess what? You're going to answer your own question. There are things yeah. that you're going to say, I'm going to get rid of. I'm not going to do because I want to be close to Jesus. So quit asking, is secular music okay? Can I, to my generation, is secular music okay? Is this okay? Is that okay? Can we do this? <laughs> How close do you want to be to Jesus? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Because if you want to be close to Jesus, then, then I promise you when you hit your knees and you start praying, you start getting along with God, God is going to deal with those questions that you're having yeah. right now. So. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Is God pleased? Is he pleased? That's the question. Is he pleased with you? Is he pleased with what you're doing? Is this something that will please God? Because that's the only reason that you are breathing is to please him. You know, hundred percent, bro. Yes. Come on now. I feel the fire. I love Man, I love it. Go ahead, Blake. I hear you. Well, I, I just keep, uh, as we're talking about it, it reminds me of when, you know, David threw off his kingly garments to, to worship. And, you know, his role as a worshiper, his role as a creation to glorify God superseded his role as a king and his role as, you know, a songwriter. And I love that. And I think, you know, that's exactly what you guys, what Draylon and, and James are talking about right now is what, what is important to us to David, apparently, it was more important to him to be a worshiper than it was to be a king. I love that. Wow. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. Wow. Yes. yes. Wow. I'm going to steal that, bro. That's hot. Wow. You, know, you know what? You know what, David? That's when he threw awesome. off those robes. Uh, where are we at? We in 2 Samuel uh, 6 somewhere. When David mm-hmm. threw off those robes because the ark was coming home, he threw off the robes, threw off all identity. Come on. 
He threw off all identity and titles, and he took yeah. off praising God. Yes. And we got now. See now we got to do now we got to do a part two because I'm fixing to ask us. We we take off. He took off praising God, worshiping God. Now he's a worship leader. He understood that it's not about what you see. Yes. Wow. It's about what's inside of me. So and then the people like Micah, who took offense to his transparency and his passion. Yeah. You don't need a friend that is that is that isn't turned that's turned off by your worship. You don't need yes. that kind of friend, and wow. you sure don't need that kind of spouse. You don't yeah. need that. It will be a disaster. So a lot was revealed when he became a worshiper. So that's powerful. So, so good. good. So good, man. Wow. Wow. You know what, guys? We got it. Now, I got all you guys coming in November. Now, November, we're doing a conference that's never been done before. If if the world is still here. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> still here. But we're working on something, and we're going to do it in Detroit, and it's going to be amazing if we're still here. Now, we believe in God, but I'm praying for the rapture personally because I'm just tired of all just <laughs> God, okay, <laughs> we get it. But I want to tell y'all something. I think you've helped a lot of people today. I think you've helped a lot of people. I think you've given us stuff to think about. I'm, I'm going to tell you what, this was revelatory. Amen. And to Amen. hear it from young people takes it to a whole nother level. I could have had a bunch of guys my age on here talking about this, but you guys have told us some good advice and let me say this to everybody listening you're cut it's coming from voices that are among you young people they're not perfect but they're pushing forward and it it, it it does my heart proud to what we're hearing and what's going on with the next generation and what i want to do sometime when we get time i want to do a part two where we go into this davidic worship about David and how he went. I want to go into some of those things of worship, but one day we'll get to do that. But um, for now, I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been encouraged by these incredible voices. And let's all stick together. Let's all Amen. work together. Amen. Let's all hang in there for the kingdom of God. You were here on podcast. We went into extra innings, but I think you're going to be thankful. And also with our Zoom program, you're here with Goodwill Ambassador, with Wafunif Art Wilson, and I'm just so glad you're a part of it. May you never be the same again. Everybody say goodbye to them. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. God bless. We appreciate you tuning in and invite you to review this podcast and share this episode on social media to help spread the good word.